0: back to another episode of the blue turf this is Thad bell from the blue testament and with me i have eric bergrude the finest one of the finest people in broadcasting in the masl
1: wow i was wondering where you were going to go with that that thanks
0: well you know i'm trying to do something different each week and i probably don't succeed at that but you know got to have goals Uh, speaking of needing goals the comments could use some
1: where were we a couple of weeks ago where we were talking about, you're not going to win too many games in the MASL if you so score three or four goals. And that's what happened. So uh, difficult loss, I would say to Florida this past Sunday, a five to three loss. And the fifth goal life ha- strange bounces happen in indoor soccer, but, but ultimately you're not going to win too many games, only scoring three. And uh, it was unfortunate because we had said on last week's podcast that there's a chance to build momentum and heading into the playoffs, you need to go into somebody else's arena and show that you can win. That didn't happen.
0: Yeah, it did not happen at all. We kind of thought with uh, Zach Reggett joining the team, he would maybe continue his uh, hot streak after scoring five goals in the first game. I think Florida was ready for him. <laughs> I think they, uh, they were – looking to i don't know maybe they were uh, motivated uh, excited i'm not sure the right word there but just like zach was eager to put some goals on his former team i think his former team was looking to shut him down in the in the return match so well,
1: and, and they did that i think uh once again and not just comments, fans, fans in the in Twitch chat m- wanted to make this game all about Neto and, and giving up goals, including the, the one that Ruggles scored on a free kick right outside the box. But you're not going to win too many games scoring three goals. And so I spent more time than I thought on Sunday challenging fans who wanted to make this all about goalkeeping when it, it, ultimately it's a team sport. Neto didn't create the free kick situation. There were too many odd men rushes. I think that uh, what's been a challenge for the Comets, particularly with with Togba out, but maybe exacerbated by by trading Lucia Tetsane as the ability to be counterattacked because you now don't have the services of arguably your two fastest players. So there was a lot that happened there. It's just very easy to point to one aspect of the game or one person and say that's the reason why things didn't go the way we planned.
0: Yeah, um I don't read the chat nearly as much as you do, so I I wasn't watching any of that part, but w- looking at the stats, Kansas City had 38 shots, Florida had 24. They only scored 3 on those 38 shots. That's not Neto's fault in any way, shape or form. That's I don't know how they can blame that on him. So
1: well, it's, it's, it's just easy. And and I say this, um, having played the position that uh, that's the, the price you pay or the, the weight that you bear for being in that position, because ultimately any mistake or anything that happens and, uh, thousands of sets of eyes are, are on you, but, but to be successful and to win championships in this, in this league, it's a full team effort. And, uh, you we're, we're not going to see the Comets score 12 goals a game. They, that outburst against Florida was terrific. Consistency on offense is what's going to get the job done.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. It, and again, I will blame goalies for some things. I mean, you and I have had to, our disagreements about that in the past at times. But yeah, I, you can't blame Neto for the Comets not scoring. You can maybe blame him for giving up one goal that maybe he should have saved. Maybe two at the most but that still doesn't put the comments in a win column.
1: That's right. And and then that also diminishes the saves that he made, the many saves that he made that kept the comments in the game. I, I think if we're going to talk about stats, the, the one stat on the MASL website that grabs my attention, and it, it's not really a stat, it's a column, is if you look at the standings in the Eastern Conference and you look at away records, it almost lines up perfectly with, with uh, the standings so the teams that have the best away records milwaukee and florida are one two in the conference the teams with the bigger struggles on the road are in last place or near last place in in the in the in the standing it's not that difficult to figure out and we've talked about it how many weeks here at that but ultimately to be successful in this league or any league you have to get results on the road. And as we get closer to the playoffs, we're two thirds of the way in. The way the MASL playoffs format works is the lower place seed has to win at home and they have to win either a regulation game on the road or a extra time game on the road. There's no way you can advance in the playoffs without winning something on the road. Right. And that's the task for the Comets is... They have eight games home and away to put themselves in a position to be successful in the playoffs.
0: And if uh, if I looked correctly earlier, they have four home and four away remaining. They need to do something on the road, but they still got to take care of business at home. Also uh, they went into last week tied for second with Florida. You know, they were below them because of the games played and or for uh goal differential probably. But anyway, they were tied for second. They come out of that weekend in a solid fourth place after Florida beat them and Baltimore won and passed them up in total points. They need they need points. I asked Leo this morning. I went to training this morning at go ahead and say where I went to training at. The world Arizona.
1: famous Casey Soccer Dome.
0: Right. Um and he you know, he said they were a little disappointed with where they were at at this point in the season. And which is quite understandable. They thought they would be in a better spot and they need to perform more consistently going forward, which is pretty much coach speak, but that's also true. So,
1: so you look at what do they have left both home and away? We'll talk in depth about Milwaukee coming up this weekend. They have another home game against Florida. That'll be critical. They have yet to play Baltimore. Baltimore. And so they have home and away matches there and Harrisburg, they have home and away matches. And so uh, it's all there in front of them as they're trying to map out, what do we do this last third of the season?
0: Yeah, it's, it, they're, they're not easy teams. I mean, they're playing the top of the division except for Harrisburg and they don't get that until the end. So they have to make points against the wave Baltimore and Florida.
1: That's correct. And those three teams right now are ahead of them in the standings. So ultimately, they can climb the ladder. It's just doing it one game at a time. And, and I think we're going to see a different Milwaukee lineup than what we saw last game, where, where Coach uh, Giuliano Oliviero rested some of his players, didn't bring them down on the road trip because they had played the night before. This is their only game this weekend. So winning at Cable D'Arm Arena will be the focus for the Wave.
0: And only game for the comments, so there's no excuse not to have your best lineup out there for both teams that's available.
1: That is yeah. correct, and and uh, as we look at Milwaukee coming in, we talk a lot about Ian Bennett for sure, and he loves scoring at Cable Dom Arena. Willie B has been sensational in goal for them, and I think he's made a huge difference. He's not the only difference, but... When you have confidence in your goalkeeper, you, you play like a top team in, in Milwaukee is right now. But but somebody who didn't make the trip last time, and we're fully expecting to see him on Sunday as Derek Huffman. So yes, they still list him as defender, but he is target forward, had a hat trick this this weekend, and continues to pound in goals and and not just goals, but great plays. Sweet assist on on uh one of the outstanding goals this week. And so I expect to see his name in in the score sheet this uh, Sunday. And so the question is, how do the Comets play against him? And what do we expect from the fans who tend to express their opinions about Mr. Huffman every time he comes into Kansas City? He relishes that, and I think he'll play off of that.
0: Uh, Derek Disciplinary Report Huffman? No. I don't know if we can go with that nickname.
1: Well, we can talk about the DRC. That seems to be a topic of the week, but maybe we have to close out Milwaukee before we pivot there.
0: True. Uh, all right. So we do know. I, I, I asked Leo, you know, how the health of the team was. Basically, everybody but Togba should be available. You know, lots of players have little knocks at this point in the season, but everybody should be available the one I will say question mark would be Zach Reggett and not because he's hurt, but because he's with the U S futsal team in a training camp. And I was told he should be back on Sunday. I think I've heard other people say, yes, he will be. We'll, we'll see. I do think he would be there, but the sad thing is he hasn't had this week of training with the Comets to continue to get in sync.
1: Well, there's that it's a great honor. Anytime you're called up for a national team. So I think that the Comets, it's what you should do is release your players when they get yes. a call up. I think that sure. They, they miss a week with him. He will get quality time. in. so it's not like he's taking a week of vacation. I I'm expecting him to be there because the game starts at four and at approximately two 40 PM, Nick Bassas and I will be doing our recorded pregame uh, preview. And uh, I'm intending very much, on Mr. Huffman and Reggett to be there. So if they're not in the arena by 2:40, we're going to be scrambling quite a bit to uh, pick other players uh, to spotlight.
0: Yeah, I would. Uh, I would like to see that scramble just for the fun sake of it. But I do want Zach Reggett there. I, I and the only reason I mentioned the training aspect of it. I mean, I know he's getting quality training with the futsal team. It's it's all good. It's just that you're trying to get in sync with teammates and get more you know, knowing their patterns and everything, you know, you could take a guy like Zach and put him on almost any team and he's going to help score goals for him. But getting that regular shift of knowing where he, everybody will be, it, it, that comes with repetition that comes with understanding and, you know, being around people. So I think that's just one of the things they missed the game in Florida. Going back to that for a second, they were able to help. Florida was able to keep him from getting on the score sheet I think just because he wasn't completely in sync with the Comets that offense wasn't as in sync. The game where he scored the five goals, he didn't score he uh the Comets had the first four or five, I forget, and then he he started racking them up after that, but that's when the Comets had a lead and the and Florida was pushing it a little bit. So getting him in sync will be key for them going down the road. You know, if as long as they make the playoffs and those and they're all in sync he could do some damage.
1: Well, and and let's talk just a little bit about the playoffs. So, in this year's format, five teams qualify. The uh, fourth place team and the fifth place team will play a one-game wild card setup, for lack of a better term, uh, at the at the fourth place's home arena. Right. So, if the regular season were over today, the Comets would be hosting uh, UCFC for that. That play-in game winner that game would get the first place team in a in a three-game series. First game playing it out the way it'd be right now would be here in Kansas City, and then you have to go to Milwaukee and and win something there. And that's my point about winning in the regular season. Don't wait till the playoffs to show that you can win somewhere when they're in the in the regular season and and, and set that expectation. And so. Again, the Comets will have an opportunity once again in Milwaukee. They haven't played Baltimore yet. They'll have opportunities there. Florida, they had their one chance because uh, two games here in, in uh, Cable Dome Arena this year, one game away, and so we'll see where they they end up. If you were to put me on the spot, yes, they qualify regardless of how things play out, but. That's not good enough for this franchise. Just qualifying, just eking in isn't what they've expected to do. They expect to advance further than they did last year, which they were, if you recall, they got knocked out in the semis by Florida last year. So what would be better than that would be advancing to, and then hopefully through the finals.
0: That is going to be a difficult road at this point.
1: Well, I I agree, and yet there, there's some wild cards that we don't know about that. One is, what's the prognosis for James Togba? Will he be able to come back in time for the playoffs? Because he was their MVP before his injury, and yeah. he makes a huge difference in all aspects of the game, particularly on defense. His goal production is up this year. His first step is uh, something to behold, but if they could bring him back for defense, that creates some interesting matchups as you would look at progressing there. The other wild card is Zach Regan. How much time will he have to get in sync with with all of his players? And if he can make runs like he did, we saw the glimpse of it against Florida, getting two goals, three goals from him in a in a do-or-die type match, that would be critical,
0: uh, and totally agree on both. Hopefully, Togba will be at some point. I asked him again about his health and you know if he was getting close, and the first response is, "Yeah, he's getting closer. He's working with Sean, the trainer, to you know on the on getting on that path back." I forget the exact words, but I saw him walk into the soccer dome this morning, but it was well after training, so he's probably just getting some check you know, being checked and might be doing some one on warden work or something. But they sound hopeful that he would be back in the season. So let's uh keep our fingers crossed for the comments for that.
1: that is for sure. And and we'll see. Uh in the end, whether you're looking at standings, whether you're looking at power rankings, which now MASL Monday is uh put out there the last couple weeks, that's all fine and good. It generates online buzz it gets fans talking in the end it's who gets to the ron newman cup championship and and do you put your team in a position to be successful i'd say milwaukee has done that i would be shocked if they don't win the regular season title and it's up to them to hold serve to use a tennis term as uh, they progress through the playoffs
0: All right. uh, Let's see. Was there anything else interesting that happened in the league this this week? Oh, the
1: DRC, huh? Um, I guess we could talk a little bit about uh, Mesquite. I guess we could talk a little bit about what happened there. There's also a press conference taking place. We're recording here on Wednesday, and uh, Commissioner Keith Tozer is going to be Participating in a press conference at 9 p.m. Eastern, which is 8 p.m. Central in Guadalajara, likely to announce an expansion team there in Mexico. And so there's been talk about Sonora coming back, talk about Guadalajara coming in. This will be a very interesting MASL in the 2023-24 season because we've already seen from uh, Monterey and from Chihuahua the quality of players uh, homegrown players in mexico and and you add a city like guadalajara which has a great soccer pedigree great teams around there and and players looking for time it could be a shift in the balance here in the masl next year but that's next year let's talk about this year so a, a funny thing happened on the way to the soccer's uh, goal for an undefeated 22 23 season they they didn't quite make it in uh in uh, uh, Toyota Arena at Empire, they, they got thumped a little bit by the Strikers a week and a half ago. And then they uh, decided to go to Texas. They won in Dallas, and Dallas kept that game pretty close. I was pretty impressed with, with how the sidekicks matched up. But but a, a big then turnaround to, to go against Mesquite, and and Mesquite won. But it got really... Uh, what's the right word, Dad?
0: nicey. I'll just say ugly.
1: Ugly. Yeah. At the end of the game and the league issued a number of suspensions to players in one case to a coach in one case to a front office employee of of the outlaws and, and nobody wins with that for San Diego. What's been a challenge is in successive weeks, the, uh, the DRC, I like that name, the DRC disciplinary review committee, has reviewed video and has issued suspensions. There were suspensions that came about after that game in, in, um, in, in Ontario, the empire strikers loss. And then with this one, uh, additional suspensions of players. And so San Diego is looking toward a trip with Mexico coming up and uh, uh, with a depleted roster. So they get to, Uh, a really tough matchup this Friday against Chihuahua and Chihuahua has shown they can go toe-to-toe with them. Chihuahua took them to the uh, extra time game in the playoffs last year and beat them at home last year. And I would expect Chihuahua to give them a really tough game this Friday night and and they will be short some of their top players.
0: Yeah. Did you get any sense of what really started that whole incident after the game? Was it I mean, I, I watched a little bit of the game, but was it that chippy throughout the game or was it trash talking?
1: I don't know. There was chippy. I mean, uh, there's always chirping. It, it. I don't want to say in 100% of the games, that, but there's chirping in a lot of the games between players, etc. Oh, yeah. Uh, I am trying to remember if I even had the sound on. I was multitasking when I was watching the game, and all of a sudden there was a fracas. On the other side of the field and people were pushing each other and then you saw punches thrown and uh, um, i did watch uh, a replay a couple times just to try to get a sense of what happened and it's not clear who started it but in the end does it really matter who started it we're not in kindergarten anymore it's ultimately who all was involved and the league uh, decided to step in and uh basically say this is not what we stand for as a league and we're going to punish people accordingly. And they find both teams as well.
0: Yes. Which is, nobody wants to spend that money. So, yeah, what, three three players for San Diego with red cards in the end?
1: Yeah. It, well, one was issued on the field. So yeah. Gerardo Girado got a red card issued right there at the end of the game. And then on top of that, Mitchell Cardenas and, and Taboy Morgan were were issued – Uh, red cards sort of after the fact for post-game violent conduct. And so Cardenas got two game suspension and and Taboy Morgan got a three game suspension. So uh, difficult challenges on the, on the uh, outlaw side tattoo coach tattoo was issued a one game suspension for lack of control of his team. And uh, yeah, it was not a pleasant situation, not a great advertisement for soccer. What I thought was interesting was, Later that weekend, Tacoma played Chihuahua and uh, sort of the opposite of what you saw after the game. So they played two games that weekend in Tacoma and and both teams took a group photo, sort of a kumbaya moment between Chihuahua and Tacoma, showing that they were united uh, in the name of soccer there. It was a a slightly different scene than what we saw at the end of the Mesquite-San Diego game.
0: Oh, for sure. Sure. It seems to uh, have been more of a theme with San Diego lately when they lose, at least. Yeah,
1: it, so it's a, it's an interesting challenge with the Soccers in that th- there's been such a buildup to them being invincible. And the last couple weeks haven't been their best weeks in in, in the recent years. And I think their fans are feeling a bit like, they're being singled out by the league because of all of these suspensions. And I think that there may be a little bit of player frustration too, but but ultimately this is a a, a franchise that, yes, they've won 16 championships, but they're back-to-back champions. So don't even think historically, just think now. This is a team that the last two years has lifted that Ron Newman Cup. And so I expect them to play with a significant amount of pride, going into that Mexican trip, but if they were to lose one or two, that could create all sorts of uh, interesting chaos there in that Western conference.
0: Oh definitely. I mean uh, Chihuahua is not that far off of them. So or yeah so,
1: so Chihuahua is three points behind Empire is three points behind they have their games in hand here so San Diego can afford if you want to call affording to lose they can afford to lose but once you start believing that either another team is invincible or that you're susceptible how does that play out the rest of the way i I still think they're the odds on favorite to repeat to get the three championships in a row but we'll see what happens this weekend
0: all right let's see any other news that we should uh, cover today eric
1: well, we'll have a chance to talk next week. We'll uh, reflect on Milwaukee. We'll preview Baltimore, whom we haven't seen yet. And and the one thing I would say about Baltimore, kind of like the Comets, really, really good at home, but on the road, haven't gotten the results. And and I think that there's a a psychology of going into Baltimore. Fans complain that it's a small field, but ultimately – there are two small fields in this league and some teams have figured out how to win there. Some teams haven't. And, and for the Comets, it's an opportunity to grab points against that team. That's right in front of them in the standings. And, uh, but before that, it's Milwaukee that we we talked about do or die games or must win games for me. Three points is the only acceptable result.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for joining again, Eric. And Looking forward to this weekend, looking forward to next year when there's maybe four teams from Mexico in MASL and they have their own division. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, so far actually, and just going back to that for a second, I've actually really enjoyed watching the Mexican teams when I, and and having dealt with them a little bit. They have been very class act in the 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 interactions that I have had with them. So
1: Totally, totally agree. So on the field, professional. Perhaps
0: more so than some of the American teams.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, both on the field and off the field yes. professionally run and and I think it's been an asset to the league and and if we're looking at potentially 16 teams next year could we go back to a four division four team format maybe we'll see but what uh we'll hear from comets fans is does that mean we have to play Milwaukee and St. Louis all the time again next year we'll we'll see what they come up with in this in the schedule making
0: they, they got to at least let the commas play Harrisburg a few times to get some points. Sorry. Well, they
1: Harrisburg. do this year. It's just no games against Utica. So there you are.
0: Fair enough. All right. Th- uh, thanks again for joining, Eric. And I think we are out.